There we go. Had to push a few of the, uh, the right buttons, and I think we're officially live. Good. Yes. Everything is streaming correctly. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. It's good to have you here. I hope you had a great weekend. For those of you that are live streaming with us, of course, it is Monday. And I'm um, excited to have you here for this conversation first thing in the week. And um, we're, we're actually, this is going to be a really, really interesting conversation. I'm going to introduce our brand new guest here in just a second. For those of you that are live streaming with us, and I appreciate you, those of you who have already logged on and joined us today, don't be shy. Join in the conversation as we go through this conversation with our guest. Ask questions. You can comment if you want to give us a hard time. Send us funny emojis. You can totally do that too. But please take advantage of this opportunity to join in the conversation. And then for those of you that are not live streaming, you're listening to the audio version of this after the fact, come join us sometime. If you follow us on Instagram at Boca Podcast, I'll pop that up on the screen for anybody who's live streaming. Um, you can you can find out when the upcoming live streaming uh, live streams are, and we're doing one to two a week. And uh, you can keep up with the schedule there on Instagram at Boca Podcast. All right. Enough of the introduction. I want to introduce our brand new guest uh, here with me today. Meg, Meg McMillan is here with me. Meg, thank you so much for coming to hang out. We made this happen. We worked through all the technical issues and I think we're officially live. Hi, Nathan. Thank you so much. If anybody knows me, they know I have technical issues sometimes. It's a block I'm working through. So I appreciate your patience. <laughs> oh, it's all good. We, we worked through it. And I think the audio sounds yeah. actually really, really good. It's not very often yeah. that I have guests on the show that actually have a dedicated mic. So we've got some good audio. And I said this mm -hmm. to you before, but don't, don't hesitate. Be shy. Own this conversation. Speak up really loud so everybody can hear. And uh, we're yeah. going to actually get into an interesting conversation today. Kind of a brand new one, actually. We've talked a little bit about mini sessions on the show before, but not as it relates to brand photography. And not only that, we're going to be talking about how to do a five-figure brand mini session day, which is pretty exciting as well. So we're going to get into all of that. Meg, will you introduce yourself first to our listeners? Just a brief introduction of yourself and your brand so that we can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, so I'm Meg. I am a brand photographer based out of sunny San Diego, and I have worked with over 300 entrepreneurs to help them feel confident on and off the camera. I specialize with creating captivating content for coaches, course creators, so they can show up online with more ease. And I'm also really passionate about educating photographers and helping them build and scale their business so they can flourish in their life. When I'm not behind the camera, I am a boy mom of two two boys under two years old. So life's oh. a little crazy around here. Yeah. And I love margaritas, love traveling Heck with my yeah. husband and living room dance parties. Okay. So <laughs> I forget about all the other conversation. Let's talk margaritas for just a second. Yeah. Favorite kind of tequila for your margaritas? You know... For margaritas, since it's mixing, if I'm not sipping the tequila, like one of my favorites that's really affordable is Espolón. Okay. Super easy, very oh, affordable. See, I'm going to have to take notes here now. Espolón, okay. Yeah, Espolón. Okay, so if you're yes. sipping tequila, what's your preference? If I'm sipping tequila, you know, this is so funny because I have so many tequila bottles and I can like visualize the bottle, but okay. I don't know the name. Like there's a it's black all about bottle that, pretty bottle, that I love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to like post that later in the Facebook group for people if they uh, want to know. Please do. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. Mean, this is a very important conversation, by the way, on a Monday at around noon, or depending on where you are, <laughs> maybe even Monday morning. Um, but have you have you had Casamigos yet? Oh, yeah. I like Casamigos. That's one of my go-tos. Thank you. I oh, do like Casamigos. Yeah. I also love Mezcal, smoky. 
Do you? Okay. Uh, Margs. Mm-hmm. I've only I have had very minimal experience with mezcal, and so far I I don't think I've had a good one because I, it tasted more like burnt tire rubber, and I was like, eh, not not doing that. Yeah. So I need to find a better brand. I think I absolutely yeah, love. Yeah, I'll send you a list. Okay. Oh, I brilliant. will send you a list. I actually have a list in my phone because, like I said, I don't remember the names. So when I'm <laughs> okay. like, oh, I can reference that. <laughs> All right, great podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Have a great day. All right, <laughs> job done. No, I'm just kidding. That's great. All right, well, we'll have to come back to that uh, and maybe get that list for reference for future reference um meg i want to jump right into actually you know what before we do jump into the conversation just for anybody listening in uh, who is not following you already make sure if you go to first of all meg marie photo and for those of you the live streaming you can see this of course on the screen there in front of you meg marie m-a-r-i-e photo.com is meg's site and then instagram is meg underscore marie underscore photo and uh, we'll link to both of these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And if we do scroll down just a little bit there below kind of the header video and image imagery, ready to feel confident AF on camera and attract your soulmate clients. That's the kind of the question that Meg there is posing there to um, those potential clients. And Meg, not only are you an active photographer, but you're also working with photographers as well. And I guess to that end, let's just kind of jump into this conversation today because I want to leverage your expertise and experience on how to go about doing these brand, these mini brand session days, and not just to do the mini brand session days, but then also to be able to bring in the kind of revenue that you're talking about, a $13,000 day. Let's, let's just start, first of all, with the concept of mini sessions. Again, I've not really heard this idea of doing mini sessions as it relates to brand photography before. Family photography, it's been all the rage for the last, say, four or five years. How did you get into this with brand sessions? Yeah. Um, well, let me take you back a little bit. So my journey started in Taiwan about five years ago, maybe six now. I was teaching English with my husband and I had no idea I was going to be a photographer. No idea I'd be sitting here with you today talking about this. Um, but I bought my first Nikon camera because I wanted to capture my travels. Well, now I'm Canon, but I, I was Ooh, Nikon. <laughs> I'm <just kidding. laughs> hey, at least you started um, off strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and Nikon's great. I love Nikon. So bought my first camera and um, I with the intention to just maybe make some travel blogs, take, take some travel photos. Of course, like many of our listeners, I fell in love with like the art of photography and just having that camera in my hand and capturing people. So when I came back from Taiwan, I went all in on my business and I just dove in heart first. I said, I'm going to do this. Um, and of course, I was following so many like wedding educators at the time, right? And and I'm like, oh, so I guess you do weddings to make a successful brand photography or photography business. <laughs> and brand photography wasn't even in my radar. Like I thought I would be a wedding photographer. Mm. Um, and then my best friend had a marketing business. And one day she said, Meg, um, will you take some photos like for my website and Instagram? I'm like, sure, that sounds fun. So at that time I had no prep and planning process or client experience. I just showed up with my camera three, four hours later, we're sitting there, you know, drinking wine after going to like three or four places around the city. And I was like, this was so much fun. Like I loved this. And literally that single photo shoot, just her business took off. My business took off. Um, And I just started getting a lot of clients who saw those photos and wanted them too. So I say this because brand photography found me. And then I started transitioning to just brand photography and moving away from like family and weddings. And 
for the mini session days, I was really craving to serve more clients. I'd gotten really busy in those first couple years and offering mini session days was a way I could serve more clients who maybe didn't, didn't have the budget for full days. Mm. At that time, I was only offering full day branding sessions um, and I wanted to serve more people. And so this was a way to do it. Okay, so I, I love that you've introduced us even to the idea and you, point, you make a good point. It's really a whole conversation for another day, but you make an interesting point about different people's budgets. Um, I know in the wedding photography world, there's been this obsession, or there was anyway, for so many years over reaching out to the high-end client, right? Where you're, you're spending, you have a client that'll spend three to five to seven to $10,000 for a wedding. And that's wonderful if you can build your business to get to that place. But the reality is there's a massive, massive segment of the market that can't afford that. Or when it comes to portrait photography, spending $500 or $750 or $1,000 in a portrait session, not feasible for a lot of people. So creating an avenue, a vehicle through which clients who may not be able to afford the premium still be able to afford your photography and you still walk away super profitable, I think is a really fascinating conversation. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there and highlight it for everybody. I'm glad that you bring it up. But that is a great segue then to my next kind of point and question, which is we'll title, we've titled this today that the $13,000 brand mini session day. And that's super appealing. And it's, it's like, make six figures in your business, like these titles that we throw out there. But I want to I want to be very clear that we're for our audience that we're not just kind of throwing words out there for the sake of clickbait, that this is legitimate. And I'd love for you just to break down very, very quickly how you go about pulling a $13,000 revenue day from brand mini sessions. Yeah, so the first thing I want to say is I did not start with a $13,000 mini session day. It's so funny, right before a call, I went into my honey book and I'm like, how, how much was my first mini session day? Cause mm. I can't remember. Guess how much it was. <laughs> Just take uh, a guess. $300. $97. So oh, wow. I started okay. charging nine and I didn't even remember that until this morning. I'm like, whoa, um, I started charging $97, like the first brand mini session day I offered. And that was the investment, right? And now this was in 2018. So four years later, I'm now charging $1,000 for the investment to work with me on a mini session day. And we're wow. going to, you know, I know we're going to dive deep into the conversation today about why I can charge that. And, you know, I'm really confident I bring the value with that number. Um, but I wanted to tell your listeners this because, you know, it's not that you have to start at a $97 mini session day. I don't want you to do that. You know, I really believe if you do things right and you're listening to conversations like this and resources like this podcast and you're learning from people who have been there before you, you can really collapse time and you can charge higher, you know, from the start. Um, I just share this because it has been a journey. I think people can look at me and say, oh, she can charge that. But no, I, I started charging $97, sure. but in my mind, like I already had decided I am a six figure business owner before I ever was like, I mm. made that decision that this is possible for me and I'm going to get there. So I just wanted to encourage your listeners, like it's possible for them too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's possible. And, and again, this is a conversation we could probably just spend half an hour, an hour on just on its own, kind of this part of the conversation. I'm glad, first of all, that you're willing to be transparent and share that you started with a $97 fee. You've moved to a $1,000 mm -hmm. fee. So you're actually charging a premium, even doing them as many sessions. 
but it also yeah. begs the the kind of the commentary, which is that there is a pretty big span between that ninety seven and a thousand dollars. And it's great that you set out to be a six figure photographer, but for anybody who's just starting their business, let's say, or trying to build to the next level, they might be really happy to walk away with a thousand dollar day or a two thousand dollar day. You know, much much more mm-hmm. certainly a thirteen thousand. But it, there's no reason why we can't start somewhere and then build from that if that opportunity presents itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's all about just starting where you feel confident. Um, and I, I think I didn't answer your question fully. <laughs> I was just going to say like, I know we're going to get into this, but we have, so I charge a thousand dollars for 10 clients on a mini session day. And I also do upgrades so they can add extra photos. They can add reels to their photography days. Okay. Um, and we're going to get into that more, but that's like how I actually tangibly reach that number. Okay. Well, yeah. And let's, again, a great segue. Let's kind of get into the nitty gritty and we're going to break this down into three major components. Um, we're, we're talking about, first of all, well, first of all, before we even get to the session itself, we've got to be able to market the session, right? So let's talk about this idea of promotion of the mini sessions. What are, and you told me ahead of time, you've got kind of five key components that make up these marketing efforts for the mini sessions. Can you walk us through those? I'm going to take some notes uh, and I hope our listeners and viewers will do the same thing. Go ahead and launch into that if you will. Yeah. So I want to talk about first, you know, social media, Instagram reels. They're so hot right now. And I absolutely leverage Instagram and social media to promote the mini sessions. Um, And one thing that's been super helpful is just creating systems around your marketing and launching these sessions that are going to support you. So I launch one a quarter and I actually reuse a lot of the same content to launch. I reuse sometimes the same captions or I'm sharing old Instagram reels or posts that I was promoting the mini session into my stories. I also create story graphics in Canva. So just using social media. And I think where people go wrong is they'll, you know, make maybe talk about it once or twice leading up to it. No, like you should be talking about it every single day, getting really excited until it's full um, on social media and just, you know, creating that buzz. So that's number one. Okay. And I'm glad that you highlight Canva too. We've been using Canva and Jill, who, who heads up our social media, digital marketing for the various brands in particular, uses Canva quite a bit. And for those mm-hmm. who are a little bit overwhelmed at creating content, even creating reels, Canva makes it so easy to jump into that effort because they have so mm-hmm. many templates to pull from that you can then drag and drop your image or video content into modify quickly and export as a finished piece. It's so user-friendly. It's wonderful. Yeah. Or you, you can also, you know, outsource that. <laughs> you can have also. Your, your VA say, here's all the information of mm-hmm. what's included and in the mini session. And can you make some really cool like story graphics that I can share about it? Okay. Very, very good. Okay. So the first step, and I'm, again, I'm taking notes. I'm just looking here. The first step then is that Instagram and ultimately social media preference or presence. And I know yeah. that in and of itself could probably be a podcast episode, but we're going to keep going because there are a lot of steps here. What Take us to the second I, step. Yeah, definitely. So part of that is like also when you are, the other, the other step is utilizing your email list. Hopefully your listeners have that going. Whether you have 10 clients on there or 100 clients you've worked with before, your past clients are the best people to sell these mini sessions to. You know, they already know your brand. They're invested in you. Maybe they want like a little refresh of their content. And 
they'll also be your biggest fans to go promote them, the mini sessions as well. So, you know, launching to your email list and a big, a big thing you want to do when you are talking about the mini sessions and communicating it is making sure you're sharing that this is a really special like price. Like, you know, you want to communicate, this is 75 to 80% off my high end, like, you know, a full day, um, brand photo shoot. So that would be like a tip is make sure when you are pricing the mini sessions, like you can price them at a, at an amount that's like, wow, this is like yeah. 70% off. And you're not afraid to share that in your marketing, like share it with people, let them know like, Hey, this is the easiest way to work with me all year. Like, and I will title my emails like 75% off a brand session. Obviously that gets a really good open rate and people are like, what? 75% off to work with Meg. I've been dying to work with her. And then they say, oh, it's a mini session. Okay. Well then they read more and they say, that does sound really good. You know? So I think sharing that. And, and leveraging, as you said, for the second point, leveraging the email list. How do you, I, again, another major topic of conversation, but just very mm -hmm. quickly, how do you go about building your list normally? Yeah, I, I have a free opt-in like everybody um, hopefully does listening to this. Uh, and it's, you know, how to feel confident on camera. It's a free guide that people can download that I'll Brilliant. promote on social media. Um, but I will tell you, like, a lot of the people that sign up for my mini sessions, like, are repeat clients or they've been, like, in my radar for a while. Um, and again, I didn't start that way. Right. I just started with sure. a few people in the beginning and just built from there. But now, like when I launch these to my email list, they're really excited. They want to grab their spots right away, um, before they fill up. And, um, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, you talk about something like an opt-in. If I'm, if I'm really honest with you, that mm -hmm. approach to marketing over the years has really turned me off because a lot of times photographers or other business owners are I guess using those opt-in marketing methods in a way that just feels very sleazy and mm -hmm. inauthentic, honestly. And, mm -hmm. and I guess ultimately a lot of that has to do with the fact that their opt-in doesn't add, at least doesn't give off a sense of genuine value. When I hear an opt-in like how to feel confident in front of the camera, I'm mm -hmm. a photographer and been in the photography industry now for 20 years. I'm curious, I'm genuinely curious. Like what can you share with me that will enable me to be a little bit more confident in front of the camera. I'm in front of the camera all the time for our marketing content, for the podcast, all of this stuff, but I'd love some tips and tricks. And I'd actually feel like I'm getting something from that. So knowing what your target market wants, what is valuable to them, and then offering them something that even if they never work with you, they walk away with some genuinely valuable content, I think is a really great approach. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's great to give them value. That's what we want, right? We want to give them a little taste of what it's going to be like working with you. And hopefully that experience is more valuable than you could even describe, you know, in yeah. an email. So, um, and people know me for that. That's part of my like brand positioning statement, right? And my brand promise is I help you feel confident. So that's weaved throughout all of my branding. People know like when they work with Meg, they're going to feel confident on camera and they want that. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Well, let's yeah. keep going. Cause I know we have tons of content to get through here. So first of all, <laughs> utilizing Instagram, ultimately social media, um, number two in the marketing effort, utilizing your email list. What's number three. So number three is a really uh, cool one that I've tried. That was really fun the last time I did it. And it's a mini session giveaway. And the way I actually launched this and created a lot of buzz and hype around my last mini session launch, I actually invited my past clients to 
send over a 15 to 30 second video testimonial about what the experience was like working with me. Yep. And oh my gosh, I was blown away. I got like nine video testimonials. Like how valuable is that for my business? Mm-hmm. And obviously like the the giveaway part was like, I'm gonna you know draw a random winner from whoever enters to win a free mini session spot on my upcoming mini session day. So this was really awesome. Um, and <laughs> two of the women who didn't actually win, who entered the contest, ended up booking the mini session anyways. So that was just like, such a fun way to market it. And even if you don't have a huge client list right now, um, what you could do is just do a mini session giveaway. You know, we hear this in the wedding photography industry of like engagement giveaways, you know, why not give one spot for your mini session away to really get like the buzz going and the algorithm working in your favor. When people see that giveaway, they're going to want to enter. Right. And then are you putting those videos or have you put those videos in your website? Do you use them in your, how do you actually leverage those? Well, I'm planning to leverage them because they're incredible. <laughs> so as I got them in, I just posted them on my stories and tagged sure. the client and said, thank you. But I would love to use, like, turn each one into a reel. Like, that's definitely on my list. Um, I'm I'm finishing my maternity leave right now from baby number two. So I'm, I've been, like, a little slacking on marketing. But We won't yeah. judge you too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got number three is that mini session giveaway. And that's actually a really great idea. In fact... We, we did something very similar a number of years ago um, at my editing company, Photographers Edit, and asked for testimonials and um, created a contest around it and ultimately gave away a vacation to Mexico. It was, it was so much fun. But the content that we got from that was quite incredible. And um, so it's a really great so idea incredible. for a contest. Let's go to number four. Yeah, that's so incredible. So the other one I want you to do is encourage your clients as they book as you get one person booking the mini session, two people booking the mini session, part of my workflow email templates I have built in is to encourage them to refer people to the mini session day. And when they do that, I actually double their photos. So they get 10 photos included on a mini session day with the option to buy more. But if they refer someone, I double the photos to 20 included. So I really, um, the last time I did this, I got someone who referred two people. So that was three of my spots filled just by her referral. That's awesome. And they got some extra photos to boot. Even better. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. All right. And then um, before we keep going, we're going to actually get into the, the, the workflow of this. Talk to us about the fifth idea or approach that um, photographers should use in their marketing efforts. Yeah. So this one is more of an idea. I think like a lot of times I see a lot of like fluffy content for mini sessions being put out there where it's like, okay, it's mini session day. Here's what's included. Like you get this much time with me, this many photos, and here's where it's at book your session. But like, it's not really going into like, why is this valuable for them? Like, why do they really need this now? Like, why is this perfect for me as your ideal client? So really just getting in touch with your um, soulmate client and what she or he really needs at that time and marketing it that way. So I'll give you an example, like this last mini session day I launched, I really am focused on like course creators and like coaches, you know, who have an online business, who need content for sales pages. And I talked about that in the marketing. I said like, you know, what would it feel like to have fresh content you're excited to share 
you know, in your marketing efforts for Black Friday coming up, like why not just get some new content so you don't have to worry about that part. You can save time and energy. You don't yeah. have to hunt through your phone for photos. Like I'm really painting the picture. It's more than just 10 photos. Like this is going to save you time. You're going to feel so much more confident to show up online. Like I want photographers to really start to create more high value content like that for their clients and really dig into like what is like, what are the benefits? Like, what are those internal, external desires your client really wants mm. beyond just like a few photos for their website? Don't just be fluffy. I liked the yeah, word don't fluffy. don't be fluffy. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. in all seriousness, don't speaking just, yeah. very specifically to the value, and again, like we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier as well, understanding what the target market's needs and desires are enables us then to speak specifically to that rather than just putting out some yeah. pretty pictures and say, come have a photo session. Yeah. Totally, totally like really get in touch and get excited. You know, it's all about your energy. If I had a six tip, this would be it. It's about your energy, like behind you, you know, really being excited about this mini session day and talking on stories if you can, or just like being excited through your emails and content you're putting out there and telling people, woo, three people already booked. I cannot wait to capture you on the day. I have three spots left, you know, DM me or click this link if you want a spot. Brilliant. Bring the energy. I like that too. Yeah. There's something, there's something, I'm like a kid, I guess, but even like anytime I have even just a basic conversation with somebody, whether it's here on the podcast or, you know, at Walmart or wherever it might be, if, if that person engages me with a sense of excitement and then mm -hmm. also a sense of genuine curiosity, I feel like a million bucks because it's so rare that you actually get to interact with somebody who brings that kind of energy to an interaction. And that also can translate to sales and marketing effort. So that's that's a great tip to keep in mind. We got a sixth and bonus oh, yeah. step there, but let's keep going because we have <laughs> limited time and we've got a lot more content yep. to get through. So we jump from the marketing component of these brand mini session days and we get into the workflow. And when mm -hmm. we're juggling multiple sessions, in this case, I think you were talking about 10 sessions in a day. That's a lot to manage in one day. It's, it's tough enough to make sure that one session goes well. Now you're going to cram five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 sessions into one day. The logistics are super important. Let's break down the workflow. And you told me ahead of time, you've got kind of four primary phases that you break this workflow down into. What are those? Yeah. So the phases are the booking process, the planning phase, um, well, sorry, the booking process, the planning phase, the actual photo shoot day, and then the post processing after the photo shoot day. So in the booking phase, here's where like the power of automation works in your favor. And it can actually make this feel so easy and fun serving 10 people. Um, Cause yeah, it can be overwhelming and there's no way you can do this, like a really well done, valuable day like this without having automation systems. There's just no way, like I've tried it and it doesn't work well. <laughs> like, again, this has been a journey for me. Um, I've done like eight or nine of these days. So compared to my very first one to now, it's definitely like so much smoother. So the first thing is, um, with automation, that's really helped me is instead of like, I used to just email out when people would say, Hey, like I'm interested. I used to just email out. Here's all the details, the pricing, what you get. But now I have a beautiful landing page that's really yeah. on brand. My top images from the mini session, you know, are there all the infos there. And on that page, it says book now, and it has a button that links to my HoneyBook calendar. So they can just grab their spot. They can see what times are remaining. And then once they grab that spot, I, I let them know like, Hey, you know, your spot is held for 48 hours and I'll invoice you 
um, and I'll hold it for 48 hours until you'd pay the invoice. So all of that is automated. The entire booking process is automated now. Yeah, it's a, it's really amazing. And, and it should go without saying in 2022 that we have access to incredible tools like HoneyBook that are mm -hmm. relatively inexpensive for the amount of leverage that they give us, the efficiency and workflow, the automation yeah. that you were talking about that allows us to function more like three or four people rather than the sole proprietor that we are in most cases. It's really important that we take advantage of these tools. And I, I don't personally use HoneyBook because I'm not actively photographing at the moment, but I use a tool called Calendly that enables me to, in fact, when you booked this podcast interview, we used that tool. And the amount of time that saved me over the last I'd say three or four years or so is just mind boggling to consider. And I spend all of, yeah. what is it? 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month for that tool. It's incredible. So it go, it should go without saying, but I'm glad that you bring it up that we need to leverage tools like HoneyBook to automate the process that the workflow with our clients, including this booking mm -hmm. process. It's really, really important. That's great. Absolutely. Like you're going to be able to show up so much better for your clients when like you have more time and energy to give to them. Cause you're not, you know, fiddling around with emails and scheduling and sending yeah. dates and times over. There's just, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's, I'm torn because I use the word busy work and I realize at the end of the day that this work that we might label or categorize as busy work is still work that has to be done, but it's not ultimately translating to revenue generation or at least not immediately. So, right. I would rather focus my time, effort, and energy on bigger picture efforts to drive revenue for my companies. And some of that stuff that can become a bit monotonous and tedious and does feel like busy work, we can kind of designate or delegate rather over to even software. Certainly have, if we can have employees, great. But if we can't, the, the best thing to do is to go to that software to help automate that process. Super important. So that's the first step yeah. is the booking so speaking process. Of, yeah, speaking of the automation, the second phase, planning phase, is um, also a very automation focus. So my, I have part of my planning phase for really a mini session or my brand clients like is I have these five emails that go out, these five emails that are set up in a workflow in HoneyBook. And the point of those emails are really to help take care of the client. So they're showing up and getting the most and able to maximize that 30 minute mini session with me. If I'm not prepping them on how to best show up and really communicating that, they're not gonna get the most out of that 30 minutes. So in these five emails, I send things like a, a welcome guide and a style guide. And I didn't have those initially in my business. Like in the beginning, it just looked like five emails that had bullet points of like, here's some helpful tips of how you can prep. You know, here is how to make the most out of your hair and makeup session with the artist. Here is some tips to wear for your brand session, like wear your brand colors, bring two to three outfits, like accessorize to get a variety and don't yeah. forget like two to three props to bring for your brand so we can get more variety for you. Um, and so it's just like helpful tips like that, that are going out. And then here is a really big thing that I've done that adds so much more value in the planning phase is I actually host a group zoom call. So it's about two weeks before a mini session day, they can hop on the 60 minute group zoom call and they can ask me all their questions about like planning, you know, like wow. what wardrobe or like, and what I like to really do on those, um, that session just, is kind just to of be clear, like, you're doing this with all of the people that are going to be photographed on that day everybody's jumping on together 
Yeah, so it's one wow. call. It's only like one sixty-minute yeah, call for me, because cool. <laughs> like with my with my you know like more high high ticket clients that pay you know like my premium premium offer and invest in that, they're getting their own solo like ninety-minute call with me, and we're doing all the planning, and I'm really diving in to understand their brand. So essentially, for the mini session day, I just offer like a simplified version of that same call, and like just so I can get to know them. Any like maybe like hesitations or just like fears or questions they have about the day they're unsure about, they can ask me so that on the photo shoot day, they're coming in feeling more prepared, yeah. feeling more confident, feeling more mm -hmm. ready. And, and they've like met each other. They know each other's businesses now. And it's kind of fun because like yeah. they're talking to each other. So it's just part of the experience. Expectations management. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And then you actually get to the shoot. Are you, are you actually, I mean, how much time do you take per person? If you've got 10 sessions to do and then all the logistics in between each of those sessions too, it's a lot to juggle. How much time are you spending with each client? Yeah. So I love this question because this has been a journey of me figuring out like, what is the perfect time? There, there was a time where I did 15 minute mini sessions. Uh, and then now I do 30 minute with a, with a 10 minute break between. So it's 40 minutes between people. And the reason is because the hair and makeup artists that I bring along for the day and that are included in the experience for them, um, they need that 35, 40 minutes to make sure like they're able to get hair and makeup done. And then that way I have 30 minutes to make sure I can really capture a good amount of photos and variety for the client. Okay. So with I guess with that time then the total amount of time per session and in between time is, is ends up being what how does it what does it add up to yeah so it's like I always tell the client like you know it's in two hours you're gonna walk in you're gonna get okay. your hair and makeup done then you're gonna have your 30 minute session with me um and so it's a little under two hours but essentially like their session with me is 30 minutes once they finish hair and makeup they get 30 minutes with me and then they can go and get reels done. That's one of my upgrades they can add on and they can do 30 minutes of video with my reels expert who I contract for the day to come in and do Your video reels content. expert. I like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just, I'm doing the math in my head though. How do you, if you're giving two hours to a client, how do you do that with 10 different clients? in a day well okay so they're with the hair and makeup people got it getting their got hair and makeup done while okay. i'm like with a client and then i finish with that client Makes so sense. total the day ends up being about seven hours like because that's oh, wow. my rental is i think it's like 9 a.m till 4 4 30 p.m and then i'm able to get 10 clients in during that time that's brilliant uh, for 30 minute 30 minute sessions with a 10 minute break between each Okay. Now, last mm -hmm. component of the workflow is the post-production process. Walk us through that real quick. Yeah. So, um, well, we, we didn't talk too much about, oh, I guess you did the photo shoot date. We just talked about it. I feel like we need to talk a little bit more. Do I have one minute? Yeah, to go talk for about it. The photo shoot day? Go for it. So a few more things that your listeners must know about really executing the photo shoot day. Cause this is, it's all about that experience, right? Um, besides like the timing of it, it's all about like your team. So you really need a team. You really need support eventually. Like I didn't, again, I didn't start with a team, but like, if you want to really do these like previa mini session days, then you really want like people to support you. So I usually have two assistants on the day. One person's in charge of like 
monitoring time because I'm an overshooter. So I'll just go past my time and then everything gets messed (laughs) up. So she tells me like, Hey, you have five minutes left and she'll keep me on track and she'll be there if I need to, you know, Hey, can you grab this camera lens for me? Or can you grab this or help me move this chair? And then the other girl is really there to help check in the client and like Mm. walk them to hair and makeup and introduce them. And, you know, I have drinks, I'll have like uh, water, kombucha, champagne, and some snacks for them. Like I make it a whole experience. And that is really the key. You know, if you don't want to just, um, do these like quick mini session days, like you want to really make it like an experience for the client. You, you want that support from people. And, you know, I really vet my hair makeup people. Like I make sure I get the best of the best and I'm investing in that. That's part of my expenses and costs for the day. Um, and I'm making sure like they're going to be, feel really taken care of. It's people that have great high vibe energy for the day and is, uh, are supporting the client right when they walk in the door. Um, and then the last thing I just want to say is your energy for that photo shoot day. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody wants your burned out energy, (laughs) especially if they're paying a thousand dollars to work with you. Like, you know, you have to really make sure you can show up with great energy and really perform and step into that creative director role and feel confident taking them through a big variety of poses quickly so they get the most for their money. That's good. And and by the way, Kimberly's chiming in for Facebook. She says, yes, give all the details. <laughs> How did you go and find the assistance? That's a great question. Probably could be a podcast episode in and of itself, but can you comment on that briefly? Hi, Kim. Uh, yeah. So my, it's so funny, like the assistants I've worked with have come through referrals, to be honest with you. Like the one, the two that helped me on the past mini session day were, uh, one is a VA who's worked with me a while and she came from another business owner who highly recommended her. And then she actually found my other assistant, um, through networking. And, you know, for me, it's all about like the energy of the person. That's what's most important is that they're matching my energy and they're going to be in a, a really good, um, they're just going to be positive and uplifting and they're not going to stress the client out. I want this to be a really smooth experience for the client. Yeah, that's huge. And it's, it really can be tough to find just the right people. Um, yeah. like I said, that could be a whole podcast episode in and of itself, but I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to comment and thanks Kim for chiming in. And for the rest of you who are live streaming, don't be shy, ask questions, comment along the way as well. We've got a little bit more to cover here. Yeah. Um, the post-production process, let's comment on that. And then we'll talk about making this a profitable session. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts and recommendations, um, regarding post-production? Yeah. So the big thing with post-production is one it's really important for me to make my clients feel special and give them a sneak peek, two to three bonus images, share them on social media, tag the client, and this is building momentum for the next mini session day launch, right? Um, and then also I absolutely invest in an editor who helps me with calling and editing, especially on a mini session day, because my goal is always to sell the full gallery. So if Mm. I sell the full gallery to 10 people, all of a sudden, like I have a lot of photos to edit. And so what I'll do is just like, um, make separate, um, library catalog. So as my clients start telling me, okay, I'm ready. I selected my favorites or I want to buy all of them. I can send those off to an editor. Um, and the last thing is just like making sure to send a feedback survey and a review request. This is really important to my client experience is to always be getting feedback so I can be improving. There's a lot of changes I've made to my mini session day. And it's because of client feedback of how to make it better. 
That's good. I was kind of frantically taking notes, adding a, a fifth point. You're giving some of those <laughs> bonus points. It's great. Send feedback survey. Um, and, and that's getting that, that feedback. Ah, man, I found so much value in this and having whether it's individual conversations or just kind of survey responses and being able to look at the feedback and suggestions and ideas from our clients over the years has been super, super helpful. Cannot recommend that enough. Again, it seems like one of those things that goes without saying, but I think photographers, it's easy to get kind of overwhelmed with all the different moving parts in our business and forget to do something like that that can be so, so valuable. We kind of get stuck on what it is that we want to do and what we think should be done. And at the end of the day, we're supposed to be serving the end client. We need to find out what they want and what they think and getting that feedback is absolutely invaluable. So that's good. Yeah. And I even encourage them like, Hey, can you give me feedback on if you got your hair and makeup done? I'm not going to share this with the artist. This is just for me to know for future. And like, I always get feedback on the, my team, the people that are working with me too. Like I want to know what the client thought. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, really good. Okay. So I want to jump into the last section here. Um, and that has to do with making this a profitable mini session day. We mm -hmm. go from marketing it to getting through the shoot. At the end of the day though, you know, we can talk about bringing in revenue. If it's not profitable, if we're not actually putting money in the bank at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter, right? So let's talk about how to go about that process. And yet again, I know you've got, I think you mentioned to me five big ideas that photographers should consider in this effort to, to create a profitable mini session day. Walk us through those if you will. Yeah. So excuse me one moment. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so the number one thing is just to start small. You know, like I said, my first day was $97 a mini session. I did not invest in a styled location that was included. I did not invest in hair and makeup for them that was included. Mm -hmm. None of that was included. Like I went to a park, I did it for free. Like, you know, I started really small. But when you are ready to really invest and make this an experience so that you can charge more than the average mini session out there, you know, you want to invest in like a beautiful style location and hair and makeup for them and just include that and make it an all inclusive. Um, and so with that, you really want to keep your hard costs to about like 20 to 30 percent. So make sure you're staying under like 20 to 30 percent of the actual like uh, revenue you're going to generate from from filling all your spots. So whether you have six spots for the day or 10 spots, you want to keep those costs to that, that, um, level. That makes sense. Okay. So start small, just generally speaking, I mm -hmm. think that's good to keep in mind. Also encouraging to people that are just getting started, but then secondly, keep hard costs at 20 to 30%. Math is not necessarily the strong suit of many photography business owners. It was yeah. one of my biggest weaknesses for so many years as a business owner. How do you recommend photographers go about establishing that 20 to 30% estimate in order to come out on top in the end. Yeah. So when I have a, when I am launching anything, I have like a good, better, best goal, right? So my good goal would be, Hey, I really want to fill six spots. That would be amazing. So like, I'm going to base all my numbers off of just filling six spots and estimating, but my better goal is eight spots and my best goal, my max capacity would be filling all 10 spots. So I really okay. like to set that good, you know, good, better, best goal. And, um, you can get a good estimate from there. Okay. Fair enough. So start small. Number two, keep hard costs to 20 to 30% maximum. Yep. Take us to the third point. Uh, be careful with how much you give. So this is a mistake I see photographers making on many session days specifically is giving too many photos, giving too much away for the sneak peek, going over time and then things run behind and then it's not a smooth experience for the client. You know, we really have to have these boundaries and, um, 
I only include 10 photos with that thousand dollar investment, but what that does, and I, and I still give them two to three sneak peeks as a bonus, but what that does is that, you know, if I, I'm really confident I can capture way more amazing photos than that. So the clients end mm. up purchasing typically the full gallery or extra photos. Like just as an example, my last mini session day, nine out of 10 clients either bought the full gallery after they added that on or they got extra photos. So that was just more revenue. And that's because I didn't over give, I didn't give them 20 when yeah. I promised them 10. Yeah, I've, this has been a trend for years now in the industry, I guess really since we moved into the digital photography area, but the amount mm -hmm. of images that, that photographers are delivering to the clients, well, I think the intention is wonderful, right? Let's just be super generous, give them thousands, hundreds, thousands of images even in some cases, especially for weddings. But it seems to do a number of things, one of which is to diminish the value of the individual image. Um, and then two, it certainly kind of diminishes the opportunity to be able to upsell, to make a little bit more money in the end. And while I know some photographers just are not of that business mindset, those that actually want to build a sustainable business that is going to continue to grow should be thinking that way. And so mm -hmm. giving them the best of the best of the best and guaranteeing only a certain amount then leverages um, the scenario where or it gives them the opportunity, I should say, in this scenario to be able to potentially upsell and and the best of both worlds to even give them a little bit extra that they weren't expecting which i think is really great starting with 10 you know that you're going to have way more than that so you have the ability mm -hmm. then to be able to upsell or potentially even just surprise them and give them a little extra bonus gift i think that's cool yeah very good okay so number three or number one start small number two keep hard costs to 20 to 30 percent and uh, number three is be careful how much you give what's number four yeah. So number four is on a mini session day. It's really important if you want to sell those extra photos and really be very, you know, maximize your profits, you want to capture variety and a brand client loves variety. Like if there's a great photo, get the vertical, get the horizontal ones, then they'll get both, you know, get different crops, come in and get some prop photos, you know, give them a variety of expressions, really cue them to do a couple different expressions. Yeah. If you're like, oh, this is a beautiful photo, yeah. let's try like a fun one, like where you're just like looking up thinking. And this is part of like being a brand photographer, knowing what they need for their, um, for their business. But yeah, variety is everything. So the more, the quicker and like more confident you can get at posing your clients and flowing through different poses, you know, the more profitable you'll be. And I've seen this happen with myself, you know, overdoing many session days, the better I get, the more photos they love, the more they buy. So when you're doing these sessions with the relatively short amount of time that you have, are you focusing, are you staying in one location and just kind of moving to different backgrounds? And as you said, adding props as well, is that how you get some of that variety? Yes. Thank you for reminding me like the different backgrounds. So I invest in a location, like a styled home. I typically do a styled home that has cool. so many different varieties. So we'll get a few nice. at the dining table, then in the kitchen, in the living room with the backyard. So this allows it to be a, a way more value for the client to get that variety. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Okay. Styled home. Are you like, how do you <laughs> go about finding a styled home? What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, in the brand photography industry, there are lots of resources for this. So peerspace.com is a big one, peerspace and people rent their homes, their offices, their networking, co-working places. Um, and you can rent it by the hour for photo shoots. Um, and also there's home studio list. That's another big one. Those are my top two that right. I will rent from. Awesome. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll link to those resources in the show notes at bookapodcast.com for anybody who's listening in viewing. 
Okay, so capture variety and then take us to the fifth point here for maximizing profit. Yeah, I would just say to all the photographers listening, please stop crowdsourcing your pricing. So I see a lot of photographers doing this and I'm guilty of it too, is when you're just like unsure what to charge and you start comparing yourself to other photographers or posting in Facebook groups like, help, what should I charge for this? I'm a new brand photographer, so you tell me what to charge. And I think this is just so dangerous because, you know, with pricing, I will never, I'm a business coach, you know, I love mentoring photographers, but I will never tell you what to charge. You know, you have to really feel what is in alignment for you because the price needs to be something you're really confident in that you can over deliver the heck out of that price. Like the client's going to get way more than that for the value, but it has to be something that at the end of the day, like you're feeling taken care of too. You know, if you're too low and you're not able to pay yourself and your family well, like, why are you doing this? That's just a hobby. You know, that's not a business. And at the end of the day, you're going to feel resentful. You're going to get burned out. You're not going to be able to show up and really deliver a high quality experience for the client if you're not charging enough. So you have to find what that balance is. And like, please stop posting in Facebook groups and asking other people (laughs) what you should charge, please. Where do you, where do you think that question comes from? Like what's the psychology behind Mm -hmm. that tendency? Do you think? I mean, it's all money mindset. (laughs) I think it's all just like partly money mindset. And I would also say just like comparing yourself with other photographers. So one thing, one of my very first photography mentors told me is he said, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. So it's so easy to like in our world, in our digital world, and listening to podcasts like this, you hear me say, oh, I charge $1,000. It's so easy for you to just like compare yourself and say, oh, well, I should be charging that. Um, But if you don't feel good about it at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to sell it. There's going to be a disconnect. So I think that's where it comes from is just comparing each other and just not being really confident in your own value and what you have to offer. Yeah, I would agree. Do you think, um, I, I'm also wondering though, if there is a lack of understanding in just basic business principles too, and and even market awareness, because we can talk all day long about how we feel, um, whether it's about ourselves or what, you know, whatever the idea of being in alignment means a lot of that, a lot of those concepts are kind of nebulous to, to be honest though. And I've heard way, I've heard a lot of conversation around that in the industry, and you, you used the word fluffy earlier, and a lot of times it kind of comes off as fluffy because <laughs> it, it is so nebulous. There's nothing very concrete about that. And then these photographers who have no business background are like, I'm supposed to do this thing that's within my quote unquote alignment, but I don't really know what that means. And now I have nothing tangible to grab a hold of and make sense of all of this. And if, if we start with, as you pointed out earlier, Meg, number one, just what basic your basic needs are like how much do you how much money do you need to pay the bills and maybe put a little bit of money in savings account and if need be you know go on a vacation uh or two this year whatever the the actual financial needs and goals are starting there and then also understanding the marketplace again i go back to the to the thing that i alluded to earlier there's this obsession for the longest time by and and still really by wedding photographers in particular about reaching the high-end bride but if you look at the market data as i've seen it's been very consistent now for years it's only about i don't know 20 percent of the marketplace that can afford two thousand to say ten thousand and above for wedding photography Mm -hmm. so there's this massive massive segment of the marketplace everybody's talking about high-end wedding photography and but if you actually are aware of the market data and what people actually can afford we can talk all day long about what we like as wedding photographers what we want to charge but what people can actually afford 
that opens up a whole massive door of opportunity for photographers to go a different direction with their pricing. So I'm just wondering yeah. if there's a little bit of a lack of, I know that was, a, I said a lot of things there. I think starting with the baseline of what, what you actually need financially as a family or an individual is, is number one, but two, also developing some level of awareness about how the market behaves instead of just kind of randomly picking a number out of thin air. No, absolutely. You, I love that you called me out because that was a little bit of a fluffy response. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I wasn't and trying to call no, you no. out at all. No, no. I it just, was I, though. You're right because there, okay. So there's this whole other side. I am very like stri- strategy focused. Like I love working the numbers and that's like another passion to me. I'm actually like secretly obsessed with spreadsheets and systems. So, um, I have lots of spreadsheets on this in terms of like making sure yes absolutely at the end of the day like whatever number you're charging that feels really good is still profitable and like you still are able to pay yourself and hit your goal so i'm not an accountant i'm not like a financial advisor so i hesitate to say this but i would say like for a service provider like business like us especially if you're like a solopreneur just go in with the mindset that 50 percent of what i'm charging i'm not going to keep so that's kind of my mindset in, in terms of like it, taxes, business expenses, that's yeah. typically going to be around 50% yeah. of my gross revenue. So, you know, if I'm charging 500 for a mini session day, I'm not keeping 500, like I'm keeping 250, right? Like for a healthy, thriving business, that's actually pretty, pretty standard. So um, that would be like a tip I would tell your audience is just like, you know, if you take 50% of what you're charging, does that feel good to you still? Is that going to be enough to be like sustainable in the long run? Well, yeah, that's where I kind of push back is it, it's, and by the way, I say this from the place uh-huh. of a super, I'm a super emotional guy, like feelings. Mm-hmm. I, I was just watching rom-coms <laughs> with my, my daughter over the last week, countless number of them. Aww. I mean, and, and I'm sitting, you know, tearing up watching the, I mean, that, that's, that's the guy that I am. So I want to be very, very clear about that. I'm not speaking as a yeah. robot here. But what I've also realized as a business owner, multiple businesses now for 20 years, and I started as a wedding photographer, I've ended up with my team building the company that we have now, which is a multi-million dollar company. I've learned the hard way that going by feel will bite you in the ass in the end if that's Mm -hmm. kind of where the primary focus is. It's not about getting rid of it, but we also have to keep some level of just basic logical awareness about the numbers intact or we're going to, we're going to get in trouble. Right. So, and and there's a much deeper story there that I could get into, but nonetheless, I just want to, I think, yes, there's some feel involved to a point, but the reality is at the end of the day, if if you're charging $500 for a session, 250, that's going to go to expenses and taxes. You got 250 left. Now the very Mm -hmm. logical, basic question is, all right, if I need to make X amount in a month in order to pay my bills and put some money in savings, how many of those sessions do I need to photograph in order to generate that much money? And is that feasible for yeah. me? If not, then I need to look at a different model, different genre, a different service, a different pr- price point. And you can move those yeah. different elements around. But that's the basic conversation that will, I think, help minimize some of this tendency that you're talking about with photographers just asking, what do I charge? What do I charge? What do I charge? It's not a question that we yeah. should be asking other people to start with. We should be looking at our needs first financially and doing some basic mm-hmm. math and figuring it out. We start there. And then we look for opportunities and we ultimately build the business model that we need to. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Thousand percent. Like you should be able to t- like tell anybody like exactly how many sessions you need to sell each year of your offer to hit your goal. So just like getting really comfortable with like knowing those numbers and breaking them down like you're talking about. 
the bigger picture. Yeah, I, I guess I, you could probably tell I'm pretty passionate about this, but I just, yeah. I would, I'm super lucky to be where, I'm, where I am as a business owner, but had I learned yeah. these lessons many, many years ago, I'd be in a yeah. whole different place at this point. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I just wanna encourage business owners to not to get rid of feelings. Again, super emotional guy here. I think life's more interesting with passion and feel, but yeah. it, especially as new business owners, most photography business owners don't have background in business, right? So if we're going into building a business with priority on feelings, well, simultaneously ignoring the simple realities that we have bills to pay, number one, and then the market's behaving mm -hmm. in a particular way and we need to develop awareness about that and where the opportunities are. Starting there is a really, really healthy place to start. And, mm -hmm. and then ultimately we have the ability to choose what business model to, to build based on those understandings. That also, by the way, centers around whatever it is that we're passionate about. So you can have both and. It's not about getting rid of yep. one or the other, but just having yeah. the basics in, intact is really, really important. Absolutely. We had some, uh, Kim actually was commenting again. Uh, she said, do you, we're coming back to, to the session. She said, do you allow them to do more than one outfit and how do you keep them on time when changing? Yeah. So that's part of like my communication and my email templates. I explain that like, Hey, if you are a, a fast changer and you really want to get more variety, cool. You can do like three looks in the 30 minutes. But if you like, don't like being rushed, then I recommend no more than two looks. So I think just like communicating that will help people to know like what they feel confident in doing and, um, help, help the overall like flow of the day. And a lot of that setting the expectation ahead of time, you talked about sending mm -hmm. those emails out. Is that, is that some of what you're doing through those emails as well? Yeah, that's exactly what's in the email. And like what I remind them on that zoom call, I just like communicate it multiple times, multiple places to really like set the expectations. Yeah. That's good, man. You know, it's so funny. We've knocked out almost an hour. Usually I try to I shoot for 30 to 40 minutes and we've <laughs> easily filled in an hour. We could have probably like tripled that if, if we were really taking our time with each of the, cause you've, you've brought so much practical information. Um, I mean, I've taken pages of notes here as we're talking, so I really appreciate you doing this, but what I want to use this then as a segue for is to encourage listeners, viewers to reach out to you if they're looking for additional guidance, because I know that you do offer that education and guidance to photographers. You obviously have so much to offer and so much more than we could even cover today. Will you just share with our listeners and viewers just a little bit more about how they can reach out and learn more from you? Yeah, well, if you heard this today and anything resonated with you, please just send me a DM on Instagram, say hello, let me know you heard the episode and what was most valuable to you. I'd really appreciate that. And it's Meg, at, uh, it's at Meg Marie Photo. I know Nathan will link that below. And then I do have a free resource library available for brand photographers at photographerfreebies.com. I mean, there's replays of webinars I've done teaching. Um, there's free email templates that you can download. And this week I'm actually doing a really special, special offer on my mini session day bundle. So if you just want some resources to really make your next mini session day great, like the exact email templates I use and my pose method course, that'll help you really feel confident going through a lot of poses quickly with your clients. Um, that's available for you as well. Perfect. Well, and then as you were talking, I was pulling up the, the photographer section on your website, Meg. Um, for those of you listening in, you can also go to Meg Marie Photo, just like it sounds. Mm -hmm. Click on photographers and you can find more information there and link to more information as well. 
And um, I would say, dare I say, Meg, don't be shy and reach out to Meg. Can you? Can they DM you there on Instagram? Is that is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would love to hear from <laughs> from other photographers. Perfect. And yeah, as Meg mentioned earlier, and I popped it up here on screen, Meg underscore Marie underscore photo on Instagram. And then, as I just said as well, megmariephoto.com. We'll link to all of this and the other resources mentioned, the, ma the major talking points from today as well. We'll put all that in the show notes at bogapodcast.com. Meg, thank you so much for bringing all the value that you did today. Thank you, Nathan. And thanks everyone for listening.